We are here with uh, Tracy Seville, a, the Sacramento startup founder of Sophia, or co-founder of Sophia. Tracy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your startup? Sure. Uh, excuse also the sunglasses, and I'm sitting here at Temple Coffee, which I super love because <laughs> Sacramento, and it's one of my favorite places. Um, I'm an active, active uh, entrepreneur in Sacramento, and this is not my first company, but it is uh, the second, the end of the second year of my journey and adventure in developing uh, really an augmented intelligence engine that helps find people's behavior traits online and helps give them uh, the tools and the insights uh, that they need to make behavior changes that can affect their relationships um, in work and at home and in life. And so as a technology entrepreneur, you know, it's really, I'm, I'm really three years new, let's call it that. But as a, as an entrepreneur in general, this is not my first venture. This is maybe my sixth or seventh. I co-own a lumber company with my husband here in Sacramento as well. And, uh, and I'm an active mentor and active facilitator of supporting the startup ecosystem uh, and growing the startup ecosystem here in my, my hometown region. And in particular, I have a strong um, leaning towards helping other women founders um, find their way. And my partner, uh, one of my four, I have four, we, we are four co-founders and three of which are women. Um, one of which, Laura Hansen, is, is also a Sacramentan here locally. Um, Jeannie, uh, our sort of learning systems and learning technology partner is out of Los Angeles. Jeannie Kim Han, um, she's a PhD, uh, is currently with, uh, working with CSU Dominguez Hills, who is also a, a research partner of Sophia's, which I can talk a little bit about. And then Jay Van Zeel, who is South African um, and currently spending half his time in South Africa and half his time here in the U.S., is our social computational scientist and CTO partner. Um, and we have a host of uh, advisors, uh, technical marketing, uh, and other in our team. My head of product development, UI and UX, uh, his name is Mark Wayman, and he is out of Silicon Valley. Um, his last... And current one of his current projects is also a company called Capture, um, and we are uh, real simply what Sophia is. Uh, and I I I like to be able to talk about Sophia from this perspective. Um, you can think of AI as being either artificial intelligence or augmented intelligence, and of course, as most people who are maybe directly in or even dabbling around the edges of technology startups today. AI is playing a bigger and bigger role in every technology, but particularly in what we call platform technologies. So if you think of Amazon, if you think of Apple, if you think of um, uh, those are platforms. And if you, even if you think of IBM Watson, IBM Watson is a platform and, and uh, Facebook is increasingly seen as a platform. And the platform economy says, AI is either helping to replace stuff that humans do, or it is helping to think about data differently and learn more about what human, who humans really are and what they really need and what they really want. And, and in that case, it's augmented intelligence. And that level of insight intelligence is helping people be better. 
um, or smarter or faster or all of the above in um, in what they're doing either in the workforce or in their in their personal lives um, up until Sophia no other company has has decided to think about AI and developing um, an engine that could observe and map uh, quite a bit of our human behavior traits and our conscious and unconscious biases and in particular um, where those impact us the most is in our relationships um, all of our interpersonal most important relationships in work in life in in whether they're romantic whether there are uh, church colleagues whether there are team members um, and no nobody has been trying to figure out or answer the question how can AI help people understand themselves better and understand other people better and then look at how we engage with others online or in the real world and think about our relationship behavior and our communication behavior and our traits and our preferences in a private secure way to help us know ourselves better to help us understand other people better so that we can reduce conflicts um, perhaps even mitigate it before it happens in relationships so that we can be more effective in groups so that um, we can more quickly develop um, really 21st century and beyond workforce skills which are you know in the pocket um, these are emotional intelligence and our communication capabilities and our ability to manage um, conflict and misunderstanding or to navigate it our relationships so that conflict and misunderstanding never happen and we we started with the question what would the world be like if we could turn all of our human blind spots in terms of our behavior and our biases into opportunities to have better relationships and more effective relationships and to uh, insight behavior change that would make us more innovative and less depressed and happier and more productive and uh, less take you know even even to the point where my vision has been I would like to see if Sophia can help us remove the negativisms from who we are with each other in our relationships um, and then the other part of uh, what we've really been exploring with Sophia in designing our technology is um, we know at any given time, and we've done a tremendous amount of research in, in, as you can imagine, in social and business networks and looking at group and network behavior um, digitally and in the real world. And our science is based on neuroscience, um, cognitive behavior, um, human behavior when it comes to our ability to change and to learn things and what gets in the way of changing our behavior or learning something new that might change our behavior um, but the idea that uh, and you know lots and lots of work in science have been done to prove that the human beings can only really have no more than eight to ten really manage well no more than eight to ten quality relationships um, how, how we are currently structured and the, the problems that we have with current social and business networks are there's no meaningful way to either convert arm's length connections to more meaningful relationships or effective relationships. We do not have the ability to maintain and manage private networks in a way that 
also gives us all the tools that we want our social and business networks to have. Um, neither LinkedIn nor Facebook or any other network at this point allows us to uh, bring the most important people into our into a private network, design it the way we want it, and then help us to see and manage our all of our communication and activity that we might have with other people. And so, Sophia is a relationship management network, a private relationship management network, sitting on top of a powerful uh, augmented intelligence insight engine that learns who people are and helps them to understand more of who they are and also observes and manage observes and looks at and helps facilitate our most important relationships over time ideally you you could have 200 most important relationships in your sophia network but there might be six small mini networks um, in that cluster and you can have work and personal sitting side by side with the security and you set and control the parameters. Um, so how would this work for, for somebody? Can you give me a kind of a YouTube yeah. scenario? How, how yeah. a team or personal life? Sure. Um, I'll give, I'll guess I'll start with Alice. Um, we have a, we have a demo, uh, uh, user case. We have several, but, but Alice is when we actually built our, our demo around, um, as you can imagine, the state of affairs in the world itself today gives us some pretty interesting fodder to talk about the impact that Sophia might have in the world. Um, our expressing our conscious and unconscious biases towards each other um, it's gotten us into the, a bit of a soup all over the world. Um, the presidential campaign has given us a really interesting uh, case study. So we created Alice, and Alice is uh, uh, in her mid-40s. She's Midwestern. Um, She's actually a Trump, a red voter, um, and her family's Republican, but she's, and her husband is pro-life, but she's pro-choice because um, she has experiences with women who have changed her view about this, but she's a church-going person. Um, she's using Sophia. Um, she's got about 111 people in her Sophia uh, network, and, and, and in that 111, she's got eight smaller networks that each one of these individuals are assigned to or belong to. She's also using Sophia, has created six or seven groups that people either in her network or out of her network use Sophia to participate with her on, ranging from church activities to um, fundraisers to um, planning weekends to actual events she's she's managing and Sophia helps her do that because Sophia has embedded chat and video and um, content management and sharing and collaboration um, tools and uh, in this case imagine that Alice has taken nine trait challenges and she's got a what we call a looking glass um, her her map um, which is she keeps private although she shares some of this with some of her close people um, uh, she's taken the she's taken two of the politics um, and sort of civic trait challenges. She's taken the emotional intelligence challenge. She's taken uh, a couple of communication quotient challenges. She's taken um, the risk challenge, and she's completed about sixty percent of her her profile, which isn't just average profile information. It's a pretty deep bench of self-reported preferences about about what she likes or doesn't like, what she thinks or doesn't think. 
across a range of topics, marriage, sexuality, um, politics and voting, um, food, uh, et cetera. So in our use case, um, a new voting challenge has come out and uh, Alice is addicted to three things with Sophia. Number one, because Sophia creates a private and highly relevant shopping experience for people based off their data that they also own and control, um, every other day she set, her, she set her notification settings so she's getting really valuable offers from individual advertisers who are sending it to her private store um, that advertisers are feeling much better about in terms of the advertising relevancy because these are products or services that are really matching who she really is. And so she goes in and checks these daily. Um, and that's part of her addiction. Additionally, um, she's also a part-time communication consultant. And so she loves the ability to have one place where she can put all of her stuff. You know, no more multiple apps, no more multiple places, and lots of easy ways for other people to engage with her, even if they're not members of Sophia. And no trap doors and just really simple and elegant to use. And thirdly, um, she's doing two things right now actively. She's trying to grow her consulting business. And she's recently become aware through Sophia that her external personas may be turning off potential uh, blue voting, uh, in her mind, uh, sort of progressive or non-conservative people. And she's thinking that maybe she'd, she'd like to build her, her client base and think she can do some of that in New York. So she's been paying attention to how, how can she, how could you change? How could she do what she needs to do? And Sophia also lets you have multiple personas. So um, you have your primary profile, but she's got a couple of personas, um, most of which are um, out there, but also still, still private. In other words, who she really is, is the, the most intimate details of her. She doesn't share in some of these personas, but she's got a work persona and she, she uses Sophia to search and find um, not just potential clients, but potential collaborators on some of her projects as well. So um, Sophia has helped her identify some, or given her insight into how she can reach out to people she thinks she might not be connecting with. Is that it? Yes. Yeah. And so Sophia can, can first of all, help her um, manage and conduct her most important relationships that are in the network much more effectively and efficiently and can monitor group communications and her own communications depending upon how she set her settings to help her um, track and think about um, what she's doing with other people. Sometimes that, and, and a good example of that would be if there was a, a conflict and language happening in one of her group communications um, with her church group, um, everyone that's in that church group in her network has bought into the settings that she set for that group. And part of that is they're, they're all committed to each other, to having positive communications. And if communications are, if Sophia finds some dissonance in the patterns of communication and wants to call that to the group's attention, um, Sophia would provide that level of insight. Um, when it comes to, so man, better managing and having more positive current relationships. But Sophia then helps facilitate for new relationships a much better way of converting so-called social connections and Sophia you can you can migrate everything in and put it in holding patterns um, people until you're until you're ready to assess them 
more 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 specifically. And Sophia facilitates your ability to not just find potential relationships in key areas that you might be looking for, but especially if you're in the network, um, if you don't know someone and Sophia can match you to someone, already the level of relevancy between those searches is going to be higher. Um, the culture in Sophia, uh, generally speaking, are people who are leaning in to being better people, to having better relationships, to to wanting to understand themselves more, or are on a on a trajectory to want to do that and are trying to figure it out. Um, so whether you're looking for collaborators in business or or people to have interpersonal relationships with, um, there's a whole set of tools, what we call relationship tools, and some of those are graphical, some of those are insight. We have a thing called the keys to me which could be a really, really deep dive, fast accelerated way of someone else figuring out who you are and you share it with them because you want to facilitate a better starting place, a better foundation for the relationship that you, that you hope that you can develop over time. Um, and those are just some of the ways that by the time we get to version one, those, those, those are the ways in which we hope to facilitate um, better relationships, better current ones, and um, more meaningful, develop more meaningful ones. So you mentioned version one. What's, what's your uh, delivery schedule like? <laughs> Way more ambitious than it, than it <laughs> probably should be. Um, well, we just, in this calendar year, um, we really spent the last seven months completing our, what we'll call our prototype to V1 um, backlog or design um, and development plan, um, the prototype will have chat, video, the ability to test um, the basic ability for you to bring all your most important people in to really test the network, the private network stickiness. Um, it will uh, give people the ability to take traits and also to create their own traits, um, which is a, now this is a good opportunity to talk about. So Fee's a platform, and as a platform, our a, we sort of call ourselves an API as a service platform. Um, so simply every person who is in Sophia has their own personal human behavior API. And because they own their data, they own and control their data, and we provide a market for them to make that data available to advertisers and a private place for that to enable that, they're actually paid by advertisers and they pay a subscription fee for us to enable various levels of widgetry for them relative to selling their data or making that data um, available for, for beneficial uses for them. But it's a kind of a people primacy first value system. In the prototype, we won't have that platform, um, but they will from the beginning be able to own, sort of own and set and control their, their data patterns. It'll take us 12 to 18 months um, to complete uh, sort of the full ramp up all the way to a version one from the prototype where um, the open market the API market will be available and our first APIs for other developers and the world to use to make their technology software um, smarter about people. So think of us, if you think of Watson as having a hundred APIs that do a hundred different things, these are little API widgets, right, that, that anyone can kind of come along and grab. Um, a sentiment engine, as an example, is a good one. Google Mind um, sort of thinking about operating the same way. Um, so that's really what our business model is. And, uh, but the one really cool thing that we have decided um, 
is that we believe that gone are the days that human beings should be paying arms and legs for the ability to have a much better um, online experience um, for uh, all the tools that they need to communicate and engage with others and, and frankly just the way that they manage themselves. You kind of think of us as a, uh, as a personal um, relationship management tool so we're sort of like the the human side of, of a salesforce if salesforce was just all about the highest level crm you so, could sort of imagine we're we're giving all that to people and a, and a and a much more freemium experience at the beginning as well so the chat the video the ability to take traits and build traits and swap traits and share traits and share your map and um uh and uh, sort of manage the basic things you need to with people. It's all in the freemium version. This is super, super ambitious. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. And uh, and you know we started. Um, so we have a couple of advisors on the on the technology side, um, and of course our CTO has been in working in. AI and network architecture for large uh, banking infrastructures in the US um, for 10 years, 10, 15 years. Um, and he's really one of the people that's been advancing, um, looking at data and creating um, data frameworks for how to think about what people do with each other in, in ecosystems of data. And that's really where the, the, I, the where data is going, right? Where, that's where all the, the analytics are moving. But when you, when, you, when you think about it, in every case where profitability is impacted, where uh, conflict is related, where, where isms and workforce issues are related, where performance is related, it all comes down to human beings and our behavior. And our behavior is inexplicably tied to our personality traits, our learning and cognitive quotients, our appetites for risk and change, um, and a host of behavioral traits that, including emotional intelligence um, and other aspects of intelligences that are, that are all then tied to skills and are all a part of the communication, decision-making, and action loop when it comes to what we do with other people. So all we're... I mean, yes, it sounds ambitious, and it is ambitious, and we're not underselling that. And, of course, I've never been shy about trying to do ambitious things. But each one of our partners and all of our advisors, um, we've, we've been in some cases very fortunate to find um, and earn the respect and trust of some really incredible people on our team. Um, and we, we even have, you know, we spent, um, there's a company called My Swirl, which um, we were uh, Laura and I were involved with um, in 2015, and while there are shades of of uh, some of the idea of what Maestro was as a collaboration platform for for women um, or for people for the women-based economy, um, we hadn't really dove into any of the AI in that in that undertaking, and because we spent. Um, I guess you could call it a pivot, but really it's less of a pivot and more of an evolution. Um, when With that project, we found um, by, we'd spent all of 2015 designing and building our core team members and 
um, and doing something which has turned out to be really smart, which is develop key strategic partnerships with um, customer channels that would that are really critical for for scaling um, and growing and and that allowed us to have contracted relationships that give us more than a million human beings who will use and test our product. One million um, beta testers. Yep. Wow. Yeah, yeah uh, more than that, but but that's uh, we know we've you know that's verified when we know that that's a controlled number. Um, and and relationships with companies that 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 give us immediate doorways to companies like Accenture. Um, we've got a strategic partnership with a company called Boxspring Technologies that's quietly been developing really the Netflix for business. It's a, a whole new way of training through through um, original video content. Hmm. Um, and Sophia is slotted to be the insight inside that platform. Um, we don't talk about it normally, but, um, but that's a good example of the work that we've been doing along the way. Uh, so if we were starting from ground zero, we didn't have any of that done. And, you know, we didn't, we didn't have the right sort of scientists and um, developers in our, in queue. Yeah, what, ambitious would, certain, would soon turn to silly, um, but it's still very ambitious. Um, we are at the point we're raising now, um, we've been completely bootstrapped. Um, we're now raising 225,000 to complete um, our prototype, which will take uh, 60, 90 days, um, headed right into uh, uh, our first testing phase with the first 5,000 testers. Um, and at least 60% of those will be here in Sacramento. Oh, cool. uh, we're, I am working really hard to try to keep, um, at minimum, our headquarters here. Um, we're going to have people on the team who are not cited here. Um, they'll be in Silicon Valley. They'll be in LA. They'll be in South Africa, um, possibly even in Oregon and, and maybe even in Boulder, Colorado. Um, and we're looking at, and we're now officially looking everywhere for capital. However, um, one of our senior advisors, Margaret McKenzie, um, is now the managing director of Astio, which is a, 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 a really successful growing um, ecosystem of global investors and she's been working behind the scenes to hopefully bring um, that new capital here to Sacramento and we're we're looking for convertible note funds at this point um, for our prototype and really we're raising um, 225 right now it's got a four-month run rate and then we're going to but at the same time I'm raising 775,000 for the balance of this year that gets us to V1. Like it, that, so, so that's basically the, the, the math, and it's a 12 to 16, 18 month time frame. Um, but so I'm trying to find that 225, and we just started officially, so um, here in Sacramento. And I'm hoping that those, that one or more of those same investors at this stage. Um, will also be uh, people that would facilitate the, their next level money through ASIA um, because we're sort of positioning ourselves to throw, throw ourselves into that um, pipeline if we can. That would be my, my, that would be my hope. Um, but I am going to a, a, a really cool, um, you'll only get invited to a, a conscious leadership boot camp in a, uh, for an entity called Merge Lane in Boulder in March. Um, and uh, already we know that there are likely going to be, you know, investors that will that would be meeting. And we, we've got contacts that we've been working on for more than a year on the East Coast as well. Um, so if I can help it, 
um, I'd like I'd like to put as much concrete in our shoes, you know, here in this community as possible. Because as you know, I'm uh, working also to, uh, um, I agreed to be an entrepreneur in residence for a new project called the Fourth Wave, um, or formerly the Elevate Project, which is one of the Rails grantees. And that's a project starting in January that will work to find at least five female-led tech-centric companies to help facilitate all the way to capital um, for either first capital or growth capital. Um, and it's, it means a great deal to me to, to leave, sounds weird, but to leave a, a, a legacy to spend some of my time making sure that uh, no woman in my position ever has to have to go through what a woman in, in technology and capital has to go through, especially when you've decided to build the most complicated <laughs> and the hardest to do at the point in time when the whole world is, you know, turning to that. So, um, boy, you know. <laughs> you have a special trick for having for, for time. I mean, you, you're, Sophia is really ambitious, and not only are you doing that, but you're doing uh, the elevator fourth wave, formerly called the Elevate Project. My God, where do you come up with the time to do all this? Well, I, I am, you know, if you ask my husband and my son and my family, um, they would tell you that I'm really bad at all of it. That that they never see me, and and you know, and, and if if you were honest, I would say that that three years ago when I made the decision to walk down this path, this is totally different than starting and managing the other businesses that I've been involved in. Um, you know, I'm I, I'm also the CFO of our lumber company, so I'm you know I've got I've been you know managing three or four sort of balance sheets and all of that at the same time it's too. Like three or four full plates. <laughs> yeah. And it's not sustainable forever. I've got, I've got another hard climb year in me at least for sure. Um, but, but it's, it's a lot easier to do when you've done the work with the relationships that you are in with the people you're doing what you're doing with. And, and, uh, which is not to say that it hasn't been difficult because, uh, you know, you know, the startup world, entrepreneurial world is, is incredibly hard. It's just mm -hmm. really hard. And, and people and relationships make it, can either make it really great or make it more difficult. Um, and I've been really fortunate. Um, it hasn't all been sunshine and roses, but I've been really fortunate and um, got a lot of really smart, capable people um, and highly capable, at, you know, lots of type A personalities and lots of, you know, um, highly effective people and um, you know I don't I don't go out I don't I, my life this is my life for right now but uh, I've made that decision so so where do you think we're at um, you know you're really active in female entrepreneurship um, globally even what do you where do you think we're at here in Sacramento um, I was just chatting with Brianna McGuire uh, last week and she, she was just saying how much she wanted the exact same thing that you're doing. Uh, so she was just <laughs> excited to hear about uh, the Elevate Project or the fourth wave. Um, so where, where are we at? Are we better off than the national scene? Or what's our status? So, um, yeah, I, I'll put it in a, just a small bit of context. Um, I w I've, I'm a member of and I'm a contributor to a global group and a, a book project called the internet of women. And that, that book had more than 30 female technology entrepreneurs in it from all over the world. And from, from Israel and Dubai to 
South Africa and Australia and the UK. Um, and I had the, had the ability through that window to get to know um, not just these women, but these, these startup ecosystems and the, the, let's call it the, the venture cultures that they exist in. And the one thing I realized, although I wasn't surprised by it, is that the, the barriers and challenges that women in technology have faced, especially in the last five years, um, are the same everywhere. There are some places that have higher bridges or higher walls to climb and longer bridges to cross because the cultures um, either religiously or politically are so, uh, I, I want to use a different word, but I'll use are so completely different and, 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 and therefore difficult. You know, there, I know women in other places of the world who are secretly starting growing or managing companies because it's it's against their culture to to be involved in it um which i guess is a conversation for another time but so so we're sort of all facing it and uh simply put um the culture of venture money and the culture of technology especially in this last decade but increasingly in the last five years everywhere has been dominated and driven in part by uh you know, the people who brought the capital and the people who had the sort of position of control in creating and designing the rules and the infrastructures for how, for who gets selected and, and what is a, what does a boot camp look like? And what does a startup weekend look like? And um, uh, so all of that is reflected and it's been, you know, it's 90, it's been 90%, 95% um, male architected. And, uh, and, and so it, it's, it hasn't been a natural transition in a lot of the ways in which the cultures and the ecosystems and the sectors are sort of run. Um, not only do they not lend themselves to being appetizing to, to, to women, you know, by, sort of by gender, but women do many, many things differently. And so including, um, uh, uh, we're a lot more apt to, to think about our, um, building our companies in conscious leadership cultures. We're a lot more likely um, uh, to, to really believe in collaborative structures. Um, we're much more, you know, th there's a whole host of things that, that we do differently. Not everyone, but, but by and large. And so, frankly, we've had to create our own incubators and our own um, ecosystems and collect sort of and, and structure funds and even applying to funds and how we're analyzed, which is not about changing the rules of how, how scrutinous um, we are about looking at female-led companies. It's simply um, changing the conversation and the dynamics of the culture so that you can, you can really, really get... Um, women to, to lean hard in. And, and that's the thing. Uh, the idea, the idea of throwing myself into Y Combinator actually makes my head hurt. Um, not because it's bad and clearly, clearly, and I'm not even saying that I won't eventually end up doing business with the, the capital that exists down there. But for me, I, I, it was a different, it was a different scenario. So in terms of Sacramento, um, I would say that in part because the city has put this million dollars and a big piece of their shoulder against developing innovation in this last 12 to 18 months, 
And I'm starting to see pieces fall into place that, that are really foretelling a very robust next five to seven years. I'm very excited. All sectors, new tech, ag tech, med tech, health, you know, health tech, um, and frankly, um, uh, and clean tech. We really have an opportunity to do something cool there too. Um, and so I think we're probably ahead of the game for some cities, but I also think as compared to say Boulder or Austin or New York, we're probably a two, three years behind, but I think we're going to accelerate and catch up in terms of um, how attractive we are to external capital. And, for, you know, that's where, it, that's where it's at. We have to be able to develop a reputation for cultivating really sound companies. Um, and that's the other thing that, that will assist in the reputation. There's a lot of really smart, great people um, aware of that and collaborating to make sure that that happens. And I feel really bullish about about our region for, for, for everyone, um, people of, of color, um, for, for men and women. Really excited about it. Cool. Well, what can yeah. we expect um, from the fourth wave? What can Sacramento expect to see um, come out of that in the next year or so? So um, at least a day or two of intensive um, education for a selected cohort. Um, we're going to immediately come out and sort of put an open call um, to start meeting and talking to um, female-founded, at least majoritively founded, um, tech-centric companies. Um, I'm trying, and we're going to try to look at our key growth sectors, our job development sectors. Um, we'll have one or two uh, uh, sessions where, in evenings, where we bring together uh, key influential resources, including capital. Um, but really, we're also going to be finding and creating a, an intensive office hour coaching infrastructure so that we're assessing what these cohorts that we select really need and we deliver it to them and facilitate them to their next level capital so that and and really creating um we're going to be doing a research project that resets the metrics and the picture for what is the picture for female-owned companies um and businesses um but primarily we're going to be looking at you know crunch-based data and other data that helps us understand where are women in the, in the STEM technology cycle? Mm -hmm. um, we've only been funded at 25,000, so we're looking at other funding sources as well. Cool. And I'll be very active in establishing and getting all that done this year um, and then um, really working to hand the baton off to, to, uh, to someone else. Okay, cool. Which could happen sooner rather than I think uh, Nancy <laughs> Perlman, who's the founder of that program, would like. But, um, but again, we also have a pretty big network of some uh -huh. amazing women um, and men that um, are jumping in to help so so to kind of um, wrap things up I know you got a ton of stuff to do obviously um, any words with words of advice for other female founders out there especially ones who are less experienced and don't have as much time uh, yeah yeah too simple first of all you're not done until you're dead <laughs> and and that is tied yeah. to the idea that one of the things, this is a hard lesson I learned and it was an expensive one, physically, emotionally, and financially for me. Um, and that is that it's really easy, but especially for women, from my point of view, we attach ourselves to outcomes and we attach ourselves to, to what we hope to do. And almost always we are overcompensating for what we think we have to do to succeed. And so allowing yourself to be more flexible and to not be so rigid about what we define sex success as. First of all, 500 gets you in the Hall of Fame. So if you fail 50% of the time and you succeed 50% of the time in every single decision you make, 
and every single hello hello you there oh i'm sorry i'm here oh, i'm here sorry <laughs> that that's today's technology interjecting in um then then you're doing well so giving yourself a break but also not underestimating how important it is to think about the relationships and the communication and how how you bring find and bring in relationships and partners and and collaboration is really easy to to say it's easy to do it's a lot harder to do and you have to be very intentional and conscious about it and then finally um, again you know, if we look at the statistics for the percentage of companies that end up actually getting even funded out of seed to build a, a, a prototype, a thing that they want to build and have the luxury of being able to prove the thing that they, they have a vision to prove, it's very small. But you increase your chances of that happening by um, not creating these sort of false or artificial expectations and boundaries. And um, learning how to, who do you have to be to get this done means you got to go look at all the people who are doing it really well and doing it successfully. And I mean, that's always been my advice to anyone my whole life, which is when I had a publishing company, no matter what I've done in the past, um, I go investigate and figure out what are the trace characteristics, qualities and paths and decisions that other people have made that are making this happen. And it's a puzzle. It's a process. It's a system. And, not every puzzle is going to work and not every system is going to work, but you have to be willing um, to pull yourself up and not be attached to the failure. Learn from it quickly, quickly. Get up and move on. Good advice. Good advice. We'll see if that's still my advice a year from now. <laughs> well, Tracy, I don't want to take any more of your time. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Um, and if you have anything to share as far as the fourth wave or Sophia, feel free to send it to me and we'll get it posted on Startup Sack. We will. Thanks so much. Right. It's, been a, it's, it's been a total pleasure. Right. See you later. Bye. 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 Bye.